All right, guys, we're happy to introduce our first special guest of the evening, an amazing actor who is going to be a part of an amazing Disney movie that comes out, a reimagining of the classic Disney animated film, Dumbo. It's going to be directed by Tim Burton, so everyone's really excited about this, guys. Let's welcome him to Below the Belt Show. Joseph Gatt is on the line. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for calling in to Below the Belt Show, Joseph. Um, wow, so much anticipation for, again, this reimagining of the Dumbo film. Are you excited for uh, the big release this weekend? Oh, I'm extremely excited because, you know, it's, it's one thing knowing what I feel about the movie and what everyone involved with the movie feels about the movie. Right. But the real excitement is to find out how the public, you know, how, how the fans are going to react to the movie because that's, that's what it's all about in the end. It's, it's about, you know, how, how people are going to be affected by the movie and hopefully they'll be affected in the same way we are. Great. And if you could, since you have seen it from beginning to end, your thoughts on the film as a whole? Uh, as a whole, I think it's an incredibly beautiful movie. Um, I don't really know any other way to describe it, except that it's, it's literally one of the most beautiful movies I've ever watched. Wow. In oh, the cool. sense that um, the, the production design, the, the, the wardrobe, the colors, the way it's directed, the the heart and soul of the movie, everything about the movie is just so uh, mesmerizing, so beautiful. That, I mean, there are so many things to love about the movie. It's, I don't really know any other way to describe it. And you leave with such a, a great feeling. Like it really is, it's kind of not trendy at the moment to have a, a movie with a happy ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it seems to be really trendy right now when movies leave you leaving the theater or, or whatever, feeling really bad and, and about yourself or sad or something, <laughs> you know? But this is one of those movies where it's the opposite. It makes wow. you think. It makes you feel. And you leave really with your heart really full. And that's something that's, that's really needed right now. And, you know, kind of going off of that, um, as a big fan of Tim Burton, I've found that that's a very common theme in his movies is that they're these dark, moody kind of films, but then they have these happy endings. And so um, just, you know, how do you how did you feel about working with Tim Burton? He's just so amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Working with Tim was a dream come true. I, I mean, I've always, you know, Tim Burton's one of those directors where he has such a particular style that his movies are, you know, they're, they're the kind of things you either connect with them or you don't. But the one thing that's undeniable about all of his movies is there is this tremendous heart and love that goes through everything that he does, every single scene. And he knows how to take these characters that generally are unique or out of place in the world that they've been put in and, and turn them into the heroes of the story. And, and that's why he's just so perfect for Dumbo. He has turned this poor creature that could relate to anybody that we know, you, me, anybody, who has some kind of uniqueness, a difference, something that you were possibly berated for or bullied for as a child or, or possibly still are. And, and 
take that and you make it an empowering feature of yourself. Actually, it Tim... turns everything upside down. And it, it's a very important story to me personally and to, you know, I work with a lot of bullied kids. I work with, work with kids who have alopecia like I do. And that idea of empowering somebody to feel good about something that is generally something that ostracizes you from society is so, so important. And nobody does that better than Tim. That's true. That's a lot of parallels with that and um, Edward Scissorhands. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, when you first see Edward, you're like, you don't know what to make of this strange boy, this creature, you know. And, and then you find out he's just a boy like everyone else that just wants to be loved and understood. And, and then eventually people love him for who he is and for the special things that he brings to the world. And that's exactly what's going on with Bumbo. Tim had a, a really interesting quote. He said, at Disney, they like me, but I get paid to be the slightly accepted weirdo. Which I thought was pretty, was pretty, was pretty much uh, goes along with what you're saying. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about your character. I know you're working closely with Michael Keaton um, as one of the big bads in the film. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm really the main physical um, um, antagonist in the movie, I guess. You know, as I've uh, quoted a couple of times before, if you're a fan of Star Wars... We are huge Star Wars fans, by the way. Well, then, you will understand the analogy where I say that Michael Keaton is kind of like the the all-powerful, like the emperor kind of character, a situous (laughs) kind of character, and I am Darth Vader. I'm the person that does his bidding... It does all the actual physical dirty work. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and uh, it's, it's definitely, to me, it's, it's such a fun role. I, I have a huge amount of fun playing Skellig, even though he's a pretty horrid character and, and very far from who I am as a person, but, but tremendous fun. Like, it was real playtime every day on set with that. Wow. And you're the head of security and a hunter, and you don't like animals. That's your character. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I don't think it's a case that he doesn't like animals, per se. He just doesn't care about them. And they're just another tool in his trade, and his trade is to provide animals for Dreamland, which is, you know, Vanderveer, Michael Keaton characters, um, kind of Disneyland kind of uh, uh, theme park. And my job is to keep those animals in check, make sure the people looking after the animals are kept in check, and if things don't go too well, then uh, I have to dispose of them. Uh-huh. And, and, and uh, yes. And well, I kind of see that. Um, looking at your biography here, that um, that's kind of the opposite of you in real life. I see that you're a big supporter of the Monterey Zoo and the Wolf Mountain Sanctuary, and and I see that you also have um, a ball python. And so you must be a really big animal lover. <laughs> I'm a huge animal lover. That, that's the irony of the, of the role. As soon as I read the script, my girlfriend and I, we, we laughed about <laughs> it because, you know, we both enjoy animals. We love animals. We're into animal preservation and, and protection. And we've often spent a lot of time with elephants. Um, up at the, with our friends at Monterey Zoo, they have five elephants up there. And beautiful, beautiful creatures. And we go up there and we walk with the elephants and hang out with them. So it was kind of hilarious that this guy is, is you know, I'm playing basically the Disney villain, the Cruella de Vil of, of the piece, and uh, <laughs> I hate elephants and, 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 and all animals or, or have a complete apathy towards them because we're right, I don't care. 
So yeah. Wow. So how how did you like working closely with Michael Keaton? Oh, he was great to work with. He was great, as were all the actors. You know, it's it's again when I say it's like a dream job. You've got Tim at the helm, you know, the maestro himself, mm-hmm. and that alone would have been fantastic. And then you throw Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, yep. Colin Farrell, Colin yes. who I knew who I'd worked with before on, on True Detective, and Eva Green, who's one of the most beautiful people you could ever want to be. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's just so unbelievably beautiful, you know, in person, you know, as, as a as a persona, she just uh, has radiates this energy of just, I don't know, it's it's difficult to, what, you just want to be around her all the time, she's so lovely, um, and everyone else's as well, and Michael was just fun, he enjoys playing, you know, and, uh, as well as Danny, and we had so much fun on set mm-hmm. trying different things and different dynamics between the characters and stuff, and, and it was always fun. Yeah, I mean, this is actually a, a, a reunion of um, for like Batman Returns. You got Tim Burton, Michael Keenan, you got Danny DeVito. Um, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, like it, it was very difficult on set to not be, you know, when I was hanging out with Michael and just to go up to him and go, Michael, please say it just once, just once. <laughs> oh, please, I know what you're saying. I'm Batman. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How rad is now, that? Now is um. How's Danny DeVito in person? Is he, is he as funny just like off camera oh, as he is on camera? Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Danny is, is just adorable. He's <laughs> a lovely, lovely guy. He's so personable. Nice. He's giving hugs all the time. He's laughing and joking constantly. Uh, and just, again, great fun to be around. It really couldn't have worked if chosen a better group of people to work around, you know, whether it be the cast or the crew. Everyone was just so relaxed and calm, having yeah, a lot of fun. Everyone was being incredibly collaborative with everyone else. Um, it was just uh, a kind of dream job for an actor, to be quite honest. Yeah, um, Danny's definitely Wonderful. my favorite character, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. You know what? I don't actually watch that show, strangely enough. Oh, you got to. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. Now, now you're you're you know a great actor yourself, but I mean, working with all these people who have been in the business for um, you know decades and decades, um, do they um, give you any kind of pointers um, on the set, like or anything, any way to like you know improve your character while you're doing it? You know, no, it was it was it was a learning experience being on set around those people, and watching the dynamic and watching them work. But one of the things that I found. Um, incredibly inspiring is that we're all doing the same thing. You know, it's not that they're not necessarily doing anything different to anyone else. Um, everyone has their own little techniques. Everyone has their own little things that they do on set. Um, you, you know, some people do different things depending on the kind of character they're working on. Like, you know, I, I talked with Michael a lot about this because I had just finished watching him in. Um, Oh my God! It it has the name of the movie has uh, the guy who uh, um, the founder. Um, I had just finished watching that right before flying out to London, and it was such an incredible movie. And I I chatted with Michael about this about the character, and that mm-hmm. we had a really in depth conversation about how he went 
about finding the character and working on the character and researching the character. It, it actually, it made me feel really good because I'm thinking, oh, that's great because I do the same thing. So I'm doing the same thing as this incredibly great actor. So <laughs> it's okay. We're all good. It's fine. No, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it just makes you feel very comfortable when you know that we're all in the same boat, we're all doing the same thing, and we're all aiming for the same thing, you know, which is great. And you know, what's incredible is, like, Tim Burton is only 60 years old. Like, you think that he should be, like, 105, all the great movies he's done over the years. I mean, he's, he did, like, Pee-wee's Great Adventure, I mean, in, back in 85, and he's only 60 years old. I know, I mean, right? It's difficult to imagine all the incredible movies he's done back through the years. Yeah. And then you work with him, and he still has the energy of a child. <laughs> you know, he, he, I don't know how he does it. I, love it. I mean, you know, he'll he'll be shooting scenes, and then in between shooting scenes, he'll rush out the back door of the stage, jump in his little go kart, rush across the other side of Pinewood Studios to the editing suite, quickly look through the rushes, do a bit of editing, and then speed back across the, the uh, studios back to the set. We'll shoot some more stuff. He'll head <laughs> off again. You know, uh, I mean, several several. Several of us nearly got run over by him speeding across Pinewood Studios. <laughs> um, I love Pinewood Studios, man. Hilarious. At one point, he, he, he literally nearly took me off my feet as he was coming out the back of the uh, editing um, offices. And he just smiled away and went, Hey, Joe! <laughs> I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I was like, Tim, you nearly ran me over. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, I... First of all, Dumbo, the actual CG Dumbo looks amazing, so realistic. Does, yes. How is it working? Obviously, you worked with an actor in a green suit, I imagine, or some kind of motion capture. Um, how How is it interacting with, uh, I guess, the motion capture actor that's playing Dumbo? Well, we had um, several different ways of, of working with the elephant on set, with Dumbo on set. Um, at first, we had actually built a couple of full-size models, maquettes, of Dumbo at, I think, two or three different ages. Um, okay. <coughs> throughout the movie. And we would use those for rehearsals. We would use those for camera and lights to be able to set up properly. And then um, we, would, we had this guy, um, an actor called Ed Osmond, who actually wore a green suit. Uh, and he kind of looked a little bit like a uh, cricket. Um, inside this suit. Um, well, actually more like a playing mantis, I guess, because he had these big eyes <laughs> that were set in the place where an elephant's eyes would be, and he had little stilts on his hands, so he would be walking on all fours, and he would move around, and they put big floppy ears on him and stuff, and he would actually move around and act like Dumbo. Wow. Um, there for us in the scene on set. So it, it was really great, because it gave us something immediate and direct to actually interact with, um, which made life so much easier because he was great. Like, he really did a great job with this. There was one scene I remember, uh, the, the scene where Dumbo uh, escapes from uh, the big top and goes to find his mom on Nightmare Island. And uh, he lands and walks through the crowds and comes up to the cage and, and finds Mrs. Jumbo. And we were, when we were shooting that scene, we were rehearsing. And there was Ed in his green bug suit, <laughs> and he's walking along. And then we had a big green Mrs. Jumbo as well behind the bars in the cage. And I was watching this happening, and I started crying. Because oh, wow. it, was, it, it, it was all so kind of real. And obviously, I was layering in 
in my head, I was layering in everything else that was going on, and I was getting emotional just watching the rehearsal. And I'm like, yo, get yourself together. You now have to go and be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it was, it was really great, especially for the, for the kids, for, for, for Nico and, uh, and for Finn. Having Ed there to actually interact with just made life so much easier and, and I think helped with the whole process because, you know, we're all actors. We're all used to working with a, a, a tennis ball and a green screen and all that kind of thing. Yeah, you've actually, actually done. having something there is, is always going to be better. I'm reading your, you've also done some motion capture work yourself in video games, God of War? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in motion capture since, like, 2000, since back in the UK. Oh, and wow. uh, when I first moved to the States, my first job, one of my first acting jobs was booking um, motion capture for Kratos um, on the God of War series of games. And I've been doing Kratos for the last 15 years. Wow. So... Uh, that's been a blessing. What a great job that's been, you know. So I've done a lot of motion capture. It's a lot of fun to do. Wow, that's awesome because you you actually worked with a motion capture actor uh, for Dumbo, and you actually used to do it yourself in all these uh, great <coughs> video games yourself. Yeah. So you, both sides of the coin. So yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was it's incredibly fun. It's, it's great work. That's awesome. Um, so I saw that you're a Star Wars fan. Um, so do you think we'll see you in any? Um, upcoming Star Wars movies in the future? Oh, wow. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it's the one thing missing off my list. Well, you know, I did a, I, I, I've done a major voice, uh, you know, a lead voice role on Star Wars The Old Republic, the video game. Nice, yes. So that was kind of a step into the, into the universe. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what's happening with the Star Wars movies, but Obviously, that for me, you know, I've done Star Trek now. Yes, you have. Yeah. Now I just need to do Star Wars, and you know, I've done a Marvel movie, I've done Star Trek. I just need to do mo- uh, a Star Wars movie, and I've done the trifecta. You've done the trifecta and, uh, of Disney. <laughs> that's awesome. Exactly. I've done. I've done it all. Dude, you know, that's awesome. What will happen? I would. I would obviously love to do a Star Wars movie, but I have to wait and see what happens because there's, there's so much politics involved in casting these days, especially with regards to the fact that they're all shot in the UK. Yeah. Um, so a lot of local hire stuff happens regarding that kind of situation. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. And that benefits you, know, you right? Come from Disney, so. That benefits that, you, right, when the production's in the UK? You'd be surprised. Not really, because now I live in the US. I'm considered a US, well, and I'm a US citizen. Even though I still have my British passport and British citizenship, I'm considered, you know, US-based. Ah, okay. So, uh, uh, so it, it creates issues that they don't have just booking someone directly from the UK. Um, or, or there's all these strange contractual situations that kind of get in the way and mess things up. Kind of thing. But, you know, we, we shall see. The door is always open in that direction. I would never say no to working in Star, on a Star Wars game. <laughs> Maybe Solo 2. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of UK productions, I mean... We all know the final season of Game of Thrones is coming up. Oh, and, and, nice! You know, you nice. were on Game of Thrones, and so I was just—I wanted to ask you. Oh, um, that little show. Yeah, yeah, that little <laughs> thing. You probably heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you brought that up because not many people watch that show. It's not not very. No. Popular. Yeah, it's kind of obscure. Yeah. No, but um, so I, yeah. I, yeah. So I figured you're—you probably filmed your scenes in um, Iceland, right? And so I just was wondering how that was as an experience. 
it was an incredible experience. You know, uh, from the first moment I, I met Dan and Dave and, and Kit and Rose and Christoph and stuff, and then, and then you know, got on the flight to Iceland. We were in Iceland for about five weeks. About five weeks we were in Iceland. Then I flew back to L.A., uh, flew back to the U.S., you know, shot some more stuff on, I think, Banshee, and then I did another show as well while I was here. And then they flew me back out to Northern Ireland, um, where we shot some more stuff. All of the stuff at the end of season four, the battle for Castle Black, was all shot in Northern Ireland. Um, oh, so wow. we were based there for another five or six weeks, if I remember rightly, shooting that stuff. But it was a... My God, what a tremendous experience that was. Yeah. I mean, so it, one of the most visceral um, experiences an actor can have is working on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I actually, um, I just met Kit myself, actually, in London. He's such a sweetheart. And so, I mean, I was oh, just... Oh, lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so your character was Than Warg. Was that one of the wildlings? It was the, can- yeah, one of the, one of the uh, cannibals. Yeah, the Thens, yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the cannibals, one of the Thens. I, I had the owl on my shoulder, um, and uh, it, it was kind of strange. The role was supposed to be a lot bigger, but then a lot of rewrites happened while we were there, and there were some economic issues as to you know how much it cost to have the owl on my shoulder in every shot and that kind of thing, because the owl was completely CGI. Um, and then, you know, things changed around, but, you know, it was still... You know, a, a huge amount of fun, you know, playing that role and stuff, especially during the fight stuff at the end, you know, for the Battle of Castle Yes. That is amazing. And I love how a lot of this, the um, your acting credits are from the genres that we love, like whether it's superhero, like Thor, or fantasy, like Game of Thrones, and the Disney universe. And um, I guess, are you, in as a fan, I guess, are you into that genre of work? Do you, is that, would you consider, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all the stuff. I love sci-fi, horror, superhero stuff. And I guess it's a blessing, or a mixed blessing, I guess, because of the alopecia, the fact that I have no, no hair, and I look the way that I do. Right. It kind of lends me more towards that kind, those kinds of genres rather than playing, you know, I don't think you're going to find me in a romantic comedy anytime soon. Um, <laughs> You know, or, or, or playing, you know, the, the, the love interest in a Hallmark movie or something like that. <laughs> but, but ultimately, it's a good thing because I'm, I'm getting to have fun doing all the stuff that I used to watch and love when I was a kid. Um, and I love doing these things. And I've got to work with so many amazing people on, some, on these incredible shows that you've mentioned, you know, these superhero shows. And, I mean, look, I, I, I worked on the Bridge of the Enterprise for eight weeks. Every day I had to go to work on the bridge of the Enterprise. That's, That's pretty cool. What a drag. It's, it, it's, it, I yeah. mean, it's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> God, what am I doing this morning? Oh, Joe, you've got to go to work on the bridge of the Enterprise. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Okay, <laughs> if you insist. All right. So I've, I've had to do all these wonderful things. You know, the only thing I'm really missing is, again, you know, the other genre that I absolutely love that I haven't done yet is a Western. Ah, I want okay. to do a Western so badly. I could see yeah. you on actually Westworld. I, I don't think they've ever brought me into that because it's kind of too obvious because of the obvious connection with the original movie with Yul Brenner and that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's weird. I would love to be on that show. It's a fantastic show. Yeah, it is. I just think the connection is is too direct, unless that's something they specifically want to do on the show. Because I've been compared to him several times, you know, that I look like him and stuff. But then, you know, and he's one of my heroes. There's mm. nothing I would love more than to bring his character back to life mm. in in the new season of Westworld. But, you know, I wish we'd see it. There's a lot of uh, great Westerns being made right now. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Can we touch a little bit? I'd love to. Yeah. I'd like to touch a little bit more on, you brought up the alopecia. Um, so did you find that you were getting selected for specific roles due to the, I guess, the lack of hair from, from the, uh, alopecia that you had? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, for everything that can be said about the industry, it's very much, you know, people are booked according to how they look. You know, it's just, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you're very pretty and beautiful, you get to play the, the pretty leads and that kind of thing. If, if, if you look like me, you get to play the weird, quirky people or the bad guys and that kind of thing. Yeah. It just is what it is, you know. It's it's uh, it's one of those things you kind of accept when you get into the industry. Right. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. The way I look has influenced very strongly the work that I've been doing. But on the other hand, it's been a great thing because there's very little competition for people like me who, who have this, a similar look to me. So when I'm right for a role, I'm very right for a role. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that at some point I'll get to a stage in my career where people allow me to, you know, delve into some of those other genres and other types of roles that wouldn't immediately be obvious to someone of my look or my type. Right. You know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But at the moment, I'm having a lot of fun, fun playing bad guys and creatures and and that kind of thing. I have a a huge amount of fun. Way more fun than my friends playing the boring good guys. (laughs) (laughs) But your look, actually, I'm reading here, you sustained a a successful career in modeling in Europe, uh, working for Giorgio Armani, Vogue UK, British Telecom, and Gucci, among other big brands. So so your look was definitely, you know, accepted in the modeling world as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even back then, it was still a little bit, it's more accepted now in the modeling world. Back then, there was still a very um, uh, 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 stereotyped look of what a male model should look like, and a female model, but male model specifically. But um, I booked a lot of work with certain designers who were looking for that slightly different person, a slightly quirky look, someone that's not sitting in the same pigeonhole as all of the other models. And because of my physique as well, I basically did all of the, you know, uh, sportswear, underwear modeling. I, I've walked up and down so many runways in underwear. It's kind of <laughs> um, But when that underwear has Giorgio Armani or Calvin Klein on it, it's okay. You know, it's like, it's fine. <laughs> right on. Joseph, wow, yeah. this has been an amazing interview. Any last questions for Joseph um, before we wrap it up? Yeah, actually, one last quick one. Um, do you have any mm. advice for young aspiring actors? You know, as one myself, it's I always try to ask this question. Let's <laughs> go. Um, it's it's always a great question, and the only real advice and, and the difficulty with becoming an actor is there isn't a straight shot. There isn't like a written down direct route 
that you can take as a human being to becoming an actor. There isn't like a magic pill. There isn't a yellow brick road. There's, you know, unlike other professions, you just have to do everything you can. And, you know, if it's in your heart and it's something that you love to do, I would say don't let anybody tell you you cannot do it. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. I spent most of my youth, even during drama school and my young career as an actor, being told, Joe, you should give up. You're not wow. right for this career. You don't have the right look, you know, or whatever. You, you should give up. Go do something else, you know. Um, and, and here I am now. I'm wow. interviewed all over the place. I've, <laughs> I've just finished working with Tim Burton and, and, and Michael Keaton. I'm in posters all over the place. You yeah. know, I'm, it's nobody 20 years ago could foresee this happening. But I knew what I loved to do and knew what I wanted to do. And I just carried on going like a stubborn mule. And I kept <laughs> banging my head against brick walls and I kept knocking down doors and I kept stepping forward in my career and that's what I'll tell people it's like if it's something you're really passionate about don't let anybody tell you you cannot do it you go and do it awesome thank you so that much that was great that's advice great. Yeah. Joseph Gatt ladies and gentlemen here on Below the Belt Show Joseph if you could before we let you go let us know who you are from Dumbo you can throw out your character name and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show and throw out whatever you want at the end Hi, I am Joseph Gatt, and I play Neil Skellig in the new Disney Dumbo movie. And um, we're here on Below the Belt, and I'm extremely happy to be here. And um, I look forward to everyone seeing Dumbo and telling me what you think, and not hating me. Don't be a fan from Disneyland. <laughs> that was awesome. Joseph, have a good night, and thank you so much for calling in. It was an awesome interview. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, you are truly an inspiration. inspiration. We're going to see it this weekend. Thank you. Thank you right. so much. It was great speaking to you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye.